the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Singing is the natural result of being set at liberty. In the chapters preceding this, the writer of Ephesians has established salvation by grace through faith and many other liberties that the Spirit-filled believer enjoys. And now as we look at verse 19, Paul tells us, Among whom? From where? With what? To whom? And how Spirit-filled believers are to sing. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our topic is music and worship and praise, one of the uh, most important aspects of our worship experience and also one of the most divisive and debated parts of our worship experience. Pastor Leighton is going to start off in the book of Ephesians, if you'd like to uh, turn there and follow along with him. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands on the web at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Layton. I would invite you to take your Bibles and open to Ephesians chapter 5. As you're turning there to Ephesians chapter 5, let me just kind of uh, give you an overview real quick. Ephesians was written to reveal to us the marvels of our salvation, the great riches which are ours because of Jesus Christ. In the chapter that proceeds as chapter 4, the writer of Ephesians, uh, Paul, introduces to us the new man, that is the new nature, which is the result of the Holy Spirit of God living within us. And he talks about in Romans about this contention that it lives within him, that is that which he knows he should do, that he doesn't do, and vice versa, because there's a contention that's within him because there's an old nature and a new nature contending together. One of the evidences that we have of our salvation is the fact that there is a tension, a war, that takes place inside of us between the new nature and the old. You see, those who have not been regenerate do not have a new nature, and there is no opportunity for a contention between an old nature and a new. All they have is the old nature. So we are given the new nature by the presence of the Holy Spirit, And then following that, he says, do not grieve the Spirit. And he tells us what things we should not do in our living so that we don't grieve the Spirit. And then in chapter 5, he turns around and tells us what we should do so that we don't grieve the Spirit. And he begins with walking in love and then to walking in light. And then in verse 15 and following, walking in wisdom. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Thanksgiving Day, we looked at verse 20. Today we want to look at verse 19. But what Paul is writing about here in the broader context is the 
results or the characteristics of living a spirit-filled life. And he identifies three characteristics of a spirit-filled life for us. The first is found in verse 19. It's a song in our heart and on our lips. And the second is found in verse 20, a thankfulness towards God. And the third is found in verses 21 and following, and that is a submission to others. The song in our heart is initially inward, the thankfulness to God upward, and the submission to others outward. Inward, upward, outward. And what the writer is revealing to us is that the presence of the Spirit affects us in every dimension. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You know, the essence of the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus Christ, is liberty or freedom. In fact, that's what Jesus himself says is revealed to us in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so we find the essence of the gospel is liberty or freedom. And throughout scriptures we find that singing is the natural result of being set at liberty. David writes, as recorded in Psalm 32 verse 7, Speaking to God, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Songs of deliverance. Singing is a natural result of being set at liberty. We recognize some of the songs of our nation's heritage as peoples were set at liberty. And their hearts responded in songs and thanksgiving. And we find that also true throughout the scriptures. For instance, as recorded in Exodus chapter 15, after God had delivered Israel from the captivity of Egypt, all of the people came together and sang a song to the Lord. And then as recorded in Judges 5.1, after Deborah and Barak had secured liberty for Israel from the Canaanites, the people came together and sang on that day. After the Last Supper in which Jesus declared a new covenant of liberty. He and his disciples sang a hymn as they journeyed to the Garden of Gethsemane. After being imprisoned, in the middle of the night, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And then Revelations 14.3 reveals to us that one day there's going to be a choir of 144,000. That's a big choir. And they're going to sing a new song before the throne of Christ. Why? The scriptures tell us because they have been, quote, redeemed from the earth, end quote. They have been set at liberty. Singing is the natural result of being set at liberty. In the chapters preceding this, the writer of Ephesians has established salvation by grace through faith and many other liberties that the spirit-filled believer enjoys. And now as we look at verse 19, Paul tells us, among whom, from where, with what, to whom, and how spirit-filled believers are to sing.
Firstly, among whom do believers sing? The scripture tells us one another, and it's speaking of fellow believers. Uh, when we come together, we should sing. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't sing elsewhere. In, in fact, some of us can't help it. We, we get up in the morning and we start singing, humming. It makes late people very, very upset. So we're making the coffee, we're singing. As we're driving to work, we're singing. As we're going through the day, we're singing. As we're preparing dinner, we're singing. There's a heart, that, a heart of song. It just keeps, just keeps coming. And this scripture is not telling us that when we're not together, we, we shouldn't sing. That's not what it's saying. What it is saying is when we are together, we should sing. We sing among fellow believers, one another. You know, some people have a misconcept about the music portion, the worship portion of our services. They think it's a time filler, you see. Well, they're going to sing until I get parked and I come in, I take my coat off and, you know, get my seat and stuff like that. And, you know, I sh- if I time it just right, we'll be getting right to the end of song service. It, it, to, to them, it's, it's a time filler. And, and they miss it altogether. How important that portion of worship really is to them individually and to us corporately. It's an essential expression of Thanksgiving to God. It, it brings people together who come from diverse environments and spiritual acuity. And it focuses on the one thing that we share in common, the liberty of our salvation. Now, for a thousand years of church's history, between roughly 500 and 1500 A.D., it was uncommon to sing. You see, the scriptures were veiled in a, in a language that was not known to the common person and Salvation was promoted as being the result of good works and faithful support of the church's coffers and the good graces of your local priest. And what songs might have been presented was performed by professional musicians and there was very little, if any, participation by those who sat in pews. This is a a medieval concept and you know it, it permeates society even to this day. I don't have much of a chance to watch television, but I have caught a certain commercial from a nameless cellular company. You probably have seen it. You may have seen it. It uh, depicts a person standing before Peter trying to give some kind of excuse for getting into heaven. No, have you done any good deeds? Well, I bought a phone. You know, the the advertisement is meant to be humorous, and, and perhaps it is, but... When I look at it, I see it as a theological statement that is way off key and way off scriptures. For one thing, it's not Peter who is at the gates. It's Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And secondly, our entrance into the presence of God is not based upon our good works, but rather salvation is by grace through faith. It's a medieval concept that even today is being used and promoted. You know, something changed that, and that was the introduction of the Bible as it was translated into the the language of the common people, and they were able to read it for themselves. And the result of people being able to read the Bible for themselves was something we know of as the Reformation. And out of the Reformation came some of the greatest hymns of the church, many of which are even being sung to this day. Martin Luther, John Calvin, Wesley Brothers, and so many other of the Reformers became prolific songwriters, and 
the congregations of the Reformation responded in song. You see, where the gospel is preached, that is the true gospel, music is loved and sung. Many years ago, I worked in the Christian music industry, and a good friend, the late Andre Crouch, and I were together one day, and we were talking about our own journey to Christ and how we worshiped, and he said, Mike, you know, you and I are very similar. It's just our amen chords are different. (laughs) I've never forgotten that. Music plays such a marvelous role, such an important role in our worship And it can be very different depending upon your amen chords. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, and he'll continue this particular message on the next edition of our broadcast at this same time. I hope you can join us. The ministry is on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You can join with us financially through your contribution when you go to the website. And more details about the church, Church of the Highlands, are on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. And when you get in touch at uh, either of those two websites, make sure you let them know that you listen to this broadcast. That would be a great encouragement to all of us. Again, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Join us tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse.